0: Hello, this is Ken Roshan, Arnie Amplified, Voice America. We are excited because we have a big event we're going to be associated with in May, and you're going to find out a lot more about that. This has been a 10-year journey, and we're going to be bringing the guests on very soon. I have my co-host, Andrea Adams Miller, with the Red Carpet Connection, and we have our other sponsors, of course, the Keep Smiling Movement, which has one of its biggest accolades of being part of a a 10-year story and journey and book. So, without further ado, Andrea, if you'd please share her amazing story about Gala
1: Gaila Bynum is the founder and chair of We Will Survive Cancer. She's a longtime resident of the D.C. metro area, and she has a long-standing career in the federal government. She left the government for a couple of years to arrange fundraising events on Capitol Hill. And around 1990, she founded a boutique handbag and accessory business that focused on sales in the early years of the Internet. Additionally, she has served on the boards of the National Press Club, Summer Opera Theater, and serves on the board of the Opera of Washington. And in 2009, Gala and a group of friends founded We Will Survive Cancer, a 501c3, not for profit organization who were inspired by the warrior spirit of Michelle Bynum. The organization supports patients and their families affected by cancer who lack financial resources and are in need of everyday services. In 2015, she authored Don't Waste My Cancer, chronicling the stories of cancer patients and their families. Some survived, some did not, but the common thread of the book is to never give up hope. So please, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you here with us. Oh, well, thank you so much, Andrea. It's uh,
2: great to be here and have this opportunity. Thank you.
0: Well, Gayla, we just recently had a gentleman on our show, Frank Shankwitz, and he, much like you, had a dream and a vision for how he could make a difference, and he started something called Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it's really interesting to meet people that – stick to it, and create so much change in the world. I want to start off by just asking you, did you ever think that We Will Survive Cancer would get this big?
2: Well, not really. Um, Actually, as you know, uh, I've never had cancer. So uh, I'm an artist and musician by uh, education in background. And uh, the fact that um, I found myself uh, creating this organization along with some really amazing friends uh, is quite amazing to me. And the fact that we're here 10 years later uh, is, you know, it's astounding to me. When I realized it, uh, I think back in December when we were uh, doing our uh, Making Spirits Bright campaign, I was like, oh, my gosh, 10 years. It's uh, <laughs> This is 2019. So it was very uh, surprising. I, you know, I, we, you just go from day to day and day to day doing what you do and without really putting a, a timeline to it.
0: Well, one of the things I love about you, Gala, is that you attract really powerful people and people that play at a very high contribution level. They are living in abundance. They've created a lot in their life, and they are willing to give back. But they really see your story and your mission to be a favorite spot to uh, place their their money. And I wanted to commend you because so many organizations don't share their story, and you have published one time uh, a book that maybe the book itself wasn't a success, but I think the marketing of that book and the marketing of sharing the story is. Miraculously, added a lot more people following you, and I think that's what sets you apart from so many other organizations.
2: Well, thank you, and it was great to have the opportunity to write that book. Uh, there are stories of so many amazing people that have gone through cancer and uh, the struggles, the trauma, the, the you know the the way that they've come out of it. And as as I've always said, you have to have hope. Um, and that was the purpose for me for doing that book, is to create hope, even though uh, cancer is such a, a horrible disease.
0: And with hope, I, I'm sure that there's studies that say that the vitality comes back, although you can never get that to be uh, tested by a, a doctor. It's, it is definitely a, no, no coincidence that when you're feeling hope and you're feeling a uh, connection to community and love that you get better.
2: Well, and that was one of the things that uh, my daughter-in-law, Michelle, who uh, actually was the inspiration for We Will Survive Cancer, even though uh, she did not make it, but she she never gave up. She never gave in. She was a warrior from the very beginning of diagnosis and such an inspiration in in her community and also around the country. Um, So um that was to me i learned so much from her because i'd really never been around anybody that had cancer before no one in my family had ever had cancer and uh uh from no friends or or you know anything so um the that her inspiration was was amazing to me
0: well it's it's sad the, the disease happens but it's amazing in a way the good that comes out of it for reminding people how precious life is and to remember to share with the ones that they love how much they do love them and, and causing life to be a gift. And I say that from a standpoint that I can't believe what's happened to my life since after 2008 when I lost my mom. I don't know if I would have appreciated life, or I certainly don't know if I would have met you and Mama. Uh, we take a whole new course in our direction of our life and the why that we actually choose to, to create after a very traumatic situation like this. So I applaud you for taking the reins and actually making it the, the biggest and best tribute to her.
2: Well, and, uh, you know, I, uh, it with everything that seems to have happened in my life, it's always a God thing. It had nothing to do with me. And, um, and I uh, I learned that early, uh, many many years ago. That being able to follow that inner voice that tells you that you know this is where you need to go. That's so important. And um, so you know, I um, Michelle was the inspiration. God was the, the the purpose behind how it all happened. And and here we are, almost ten years later.
0: Well, I have a lot of questions, and we certainly have an amazing guest, Mema, who's been featured as the 10-year gala recipient of A Celebration of Life. I want to make sure for those that are listening and want to take action and be a part of the event, can you give the details of the event, the date, the time, the location, and where they can get a ticket?
2: Absolutely. Uh, the uh, the uh, event is at the National Women's Museum of the Arts in Washington, D.C., which is on the corner of 13th and New York Avenue. Uh, the tickets are, um, for special guests for Mama right now, uh, with the, the code of Unicorn, uh, they can purchase tickets for $100. And, um, wow. the, the normal ticket price is 200 but we want to do, we want to create and have as many people celebrate with us as we can. And Mama is such an amazing young woman. She had and Michelle had the opportunity to meet each other when Michelle was still living in 2009, and so it's just, um, you know, the whole thing has kind of come full circle, and um, I couldn't be more excited that she's our Celebration of Life honoree this year.
0: Well, don't let the cat out of the bag too much because I, I have a couple more questions for you and then we are going to bring Mamet in and then we're
2: going to do kind be. of a cool rapid
0: fire. <laughs> so, yeah, right. that, that is a, a very cool story and I got to hear it recently um, a little bit in more depth at, at your house when you were doing a, an announcement of the recipient. So I want to ask a couple questions about you specifically, Gayla. What, what was it in your life or what was your life like that caused you to be this type of person that I call – a person that sees the world and sees they can be the change they want to see in the world. What, what was your Um, life like as an upbringing?
2: My mother, uh, my father died before I was born, um, four months before I was born. I hit, uh, and he would have been, uh, his birthday was the day before mine, um, October 27th. And I was born on October 28th. He would have been 60 actually when I was born. And my mother was older. And, um, so she, was, uh, she, she got her master's degree after I was born and went, went on to teach school. And uh, I had an idyllic childhood, without question. Uh, she didn't make a lot of money. She taught schools that we would consider inner city schools in, in Oklahoma City. But uh, that was where she felt like she could make the biggest impact on people. Uh, I used to wonder, you know, uh, why? Because she could have, at that time in the fifties, could have gone to teach at any major university in the country, but she chose to re- remain in Oklahoma City and she t- chose to teach school. She would ca- have to, at that time, they all, all the teachers had to visit different families and there were shanties that were on the river at that point and she'd have to go in there and some of them didn't have electricity and they didn't have uh, flooring and uh, maybe you know like one room that five or six people had to live in it was very sad and uh, she was she was an amazing person
0: well I can I can actually relate to that on some level because when I got my teaching certification to teach science in the state of Maryland I chose PG County and I chose it for I think what your mother would have said similar reasons which is you can have a bigger impact there's more of a mm-hmm. need and with that need um you're actually able to have your life matter more and your degree matter more and so yeah. that yeah.
2: Was, as uh, as time went on there were people that kids that actually went on to become, uh, go to college, and many, a couple got their PhD, and they they wrote dissertations about how that kind of influence from her, she taught them manners and how to behave, and and what was important in life, and and really made quite an impact on the students that, you know, that were in her school.
0: And are new. Right. So... Is that one of the reasons that you have such a large scope for We Will Survive Cancer to help and feed and take care of people that are in need during the holidays and have challenges?
2: I think so. I wouldn't have, uh, uh, 20 years ago, I probably would have said no, but, uh, but you know, as you grow older and you start reflecting on your life and, and all the things that, that happened in your life, bringing you to where you are today, then you know, all those pieces of the puzzle fit. And uh, absolutely, I do believe that that's um, yeah, we, uh, kept catalyst for it.
0: Well, I was so impressed last year when I went to the National Press Club and got to experience your ninth anniversary with Stephen Gaffney. And I want to give you an opportunity to... Highlight some of the years since you have had ten years. You can highlight as many as you wish with whoever the recipients were. For several reasons: one, the shout out of who they are, mm-hmm. and secondly, uh, you can give a little tidbit of wh- why they were chosen or why they meant so much to you. Go for
2: it. Uh, well, Stephen, as you've said, what uh, Stephen, when Michelle was here in two thousand nine, we were she was the spokesperson for Coman Austin at that time. Uh, she had raised in the five and a half years that she lived. She raised over one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, and she was such an inspiration that that in two thousand nine they made her the spokesperson. And so she came to Washington and did. Uh, we we did a couple of fundraisers for her, and Tuan is a very very good friend of mine, and she had a fundraiser in her home in studio, and uh, Stephen was there, and I had met Stephen before because of the best of DC books that was being published at the time, but he was going through his own cancer treatment, and he was bald, and Michelle was bald, and they, they bought it, and it was really, it was an amazing situation. So Stephen was the right person for last year, and he's been such a great spokesperson, and you know, author and and uh, for his series of books, just be honest, or uh, have taught me a lot um, about how important it is that that even though when you don't want to talk about things, you have to address them and you have to face them head on. And um, so, and Stephen was the perfect person for last year. Uh, if I may cut in,
0: Gayla, If I may, cu- can I cut in for a second? I want to just sure. say something that I was that relates to your mother is that Stephen has made such a huge impact in DC and the metro area that you mm-hmm. saw the room fill up because of people that wanted to be there to celebrate his life. And that's another aspect of it. It's 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 that who is that person to you? And you don't always know how you fit in other people's stories. You can certainly identify how people fit in your story, but an event like that really shows someone like a MEMA or Stephen or all these other people how, they fit in someone else's story and inspired them.
2: Yes, ab- absolutely. And um, um, when uh, Michelle uh, passed away in 2011, and Mama, uh honored her posthumously, and my, my son and grandson came to accept the award, Reed was six at the time, and uh, stood up, on a little platform thing or chair and, and gave uh, just a champion speech about his mom. Very, very mm. sweet and wonderful. And uh, so um, the, this year with, with that's, you know, with us being our 10th anniversary, Reed and Brad are coming to present the award to Mame. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so excited about it.
0: Well, this would be a great segue if you'd like to go to MEMA and then at the end of the I show see we
2: can, that.
0: And then at the end of the show I would like you to uh I guess finish that answer with maybe some of the other people that have received the award and how they what Absolutely. they mean to you. I would like I'd like to give uh, one so I don't uh forget, which is uh Sully. So if you if Sully was the one who uh, I've just seen been such a giver and when I wanted to help you with publishing your first book he made a, a donation sponsorship, and just like Sully would do for anything, he said, "I'll give you the donation, but I don't want anyone to know that I did because he just wants to give." Right. So, an amazing guy. Now, so, I guess I'll get in trouble for making that announcement.
1: <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> so, don't let's go ahead. Uh, good, good. So, Andrea, if you'd please uh, ring in our next guest.
1: Absolutely, Mema Carmo is an expert at turning challenges into triumphs. She survived three wars, been held at gunpoint, been struck by lightning, is a single mother, and survived breast cancer. She knows that we each have something unique to offer the world, and teaches inspires others how to find the gift in them to thrive and warrior through. Her story began began in Liberia, West Africa, and after surviving two wars and through and through a third uh, coup d'état, she fled to the United States at fifteen years. Old on the plane alone where her father put her to avoid persecution due to the wars. She worked her way through college and created a version of the American dream. She was diagnosed with aggressive breast cancer when her daughter was three, and she was 32 years old. And while in treatment, she made a promise to God if she survived, she would create an organization to educate, empower, and advocate for and support young women affected by breast cancer. So the Tiger Lily Foundation was born, and as a catalyst, she left her full-time high-salary global job and really focused on passing breast health legislation and becoming a media spokesperson for women's health and empowerment. And she's done so many amazing things. She also published Fearless, Awakening to My Life's Purpose Through Breast Cancer, and launched a magazine called Bliss Magazine. She's also a Huffington Post blogger and a media commentator and has done so many things as well as uh, appear on USA Today, um, U.S. News and world report black enterprise oprah magazine she's been on fox abc cbs the oprah winfrey show good morning america and so many more things i uh she's won tons of awards i'm not surprised at all um actually if i continue i think the show will be over so Mama welcome to the show <laughs> standing ovation for your accomplishments
3: thank you i'm so honored <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. I appreciate
3: being here. I'm very, very thankful to Gala and to God. So thank you for having me.
0: Well, Mayma, first of all, congratulations and well-deserved. I was going to kid and say I don't see how Gala figured out that you would be the right person. But <laughs> <that> <laughs> is, <laughs> that well, like so Gayla cool
3: said, it was so beautiful. Like, I mean, you know, parts of our journey is very painful. You know, like I... Went to meet Michelle, and at the time, I was still new in my breast cancer survivorship work, and I didn't really understand that women just would not survive who were younger. I think in my head, I thought, if you love somebody hard enough, if you hope enough, if you pray enough, they can overcome cancer, but metastatic breast cancer is not survivable. And so I met Michelle, and she was so hopeful, and like me, she's like a badass. She's like, you know, so positive and so strong. We connected, and when she passed away, it was very, very difficult for all of us, um, and I thought it'd be great to honor her because she really inspired me, and she is so much like me, and so when I we were planning the event, um, my gala, 10 years ago, I said, Gala, why don't we have Reed and, and <clears throat> come and speak, you know, and Brad, and Reed was so cute. He was six years old. We got a little chair for him to stand on, and he honored his mom, you know. He honored his mom, and he was. I was so proud of him. So it's just really amazing to be able to have this be 10 years later, literally exactly around the same time frame, and to be able to honor Michelle and have me be a part of of, of the legacy of We Will Survive Cancer.
0: Yeah, I'd almost call this a Cinderella story. It's uh, You almost couldn't predict something this beautiful could come full circle and have so much impact into organizations. And I applaud both of you because when you really are committed to a cause – You look at how you can collaborate to help similar causes thrive and have a bigger impact. So, big shout-outs to both of you for thinking big and and actually, I've seen the impact you guys are both making. I'm so proud to be a part of it. And as a a media company and a photography company, so let's uh, reel back a little bit, Mema. For those that don't know you, uh, our audience would obviously love to hear your story. So, you can begin wherever you want. We certainly have enough time for you to uh, segment into a couple of areas. One is your pre-U.S., and then secondly, possibly with uh, when you found out about cancer?
3: Yeah, so I'm from Liberia, West Africa. My parents were really amazing. They were always into giving back and helping others and pretty busy in the community. Um, I'm from West Africa, Liberia, and um, the country was really beautiful. And, you know, I remember growing up um, where I felt very protected and very safe except for the wars, you know? It was really interesting how our lives were kind of like, like kind of like in this little bubble and then these there, there'd be these wars that would break out. And so um, we escaped um, three times due to war. The last time it would happen so fast, my father sent me here and I haven't gone back since. But my parents really taught me about, you know, sacrifice and commitment to others and love for family. And, um, You know, when we came to the States, we had lost everything. And um, it was tough for all of us, but they kept reminding us that we had each other. And then my mom and dad were like, let's get into church and let's volunteer. And so I taught Sunday school. And like, you know, looking back, it was like we had lost everything, but they wanted their first reactions were to kind of get settled and then get jobs and start giving back to the community. That's kind of how we were wired. And so I, I personally always wanted to give to have a career where I could love people for a living and give back to other people. So I was like, do I become a nun? <laughs> no, um, I uh, I'm pretty naughty. I don't <laughs> I don't think they would keep me in there for a long time. Um, <laughs> do I do I join the peace school? My mom's like, well I don't know if that's for you. She was like, just kind of you know figure out. You'll you'll figure it out. And when we came to the states because we lost everything, I couldn't go to college. We had lost my college fund, all the money we had. And so my dad's like, just get different jobs and figure out what you'd like to do. You don't have to rush. You have time. And what I really appreciate about that now is because a lot of kids are going into school because they have to go into school right away. But I had the leisure of discovering myself and what my talents were. And so I didn't never I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I knew how I wanted my life to feel and what I wanted for it to look like. And it had to feel good. It had to give back to others. And it had to contribute to society in a bigger way. Um, but, it, you know, I was just a girl. I was like 15, 16, 18 years old. So I didn't know. What, I had these grand, big ideas for how my life should be, but I didn't know how to implement them. But I always knew that God would guide me. I always had this innate foundation because I had a, I had a, I had a dream when I was younger that I had a conversation with God, and I knew that I would never be alone and he would guide me towards my purpose. And so I ended up finish, you know, getting work and putting myself through college, working three jobs. And so while all my friends were partying, I was working for the most part. And I ended up going into communications and then government contracting. But I still felt this sense of, you know, this is not where, this is not my soul work. This is not where I can contribute the the most. Um, And I kept asking God, how do I show me my purpose, show me my purpose? And and then one day I was taking a shower and there was a lump in my breast, and I'm like, okay, God, I don't want this. This is not what I was asking for. And I, you know, my mom had taught me my breast exams at 13, and which is why I was looking and checking myself constantly. And so when I found the lump, I went to a doctor. They told me that I was too young to have breast cancer. Um, I got a mammogram, but it came back clean. Um, so I had to push for a biopsy. And it turned out after pushing for over six months that I had stage 2B aggressive triple negative breast cancer for which there is still no targeted treatment so imagine you know you've overcome wars been hit by lightning been held at gunpoint gotten to escape with your life and then you find out there's a war literally inside of you and not only is it inside of you but there's no treatment for this type of cancer and that's kind of where I found found myself and I had to figure out what do I do with this and so I was in in treatment, again, going through chemotherapy. And I just had to ask God. I spent the first two months very angry, very surprised, shocked. Angry, shocked, overwhelmed, full of fear and anxiety. And then I just, one day I said, I can't live like this. If, If I have six months to live or a year to live or five, I just want God to show me how to use that time. And if he shows me that purpose, whether or not i live my life or whether or not my life is a long, you know, a long time span it would be meaningful, right? And so i prayed to god to show me my purpose and i demanded he give me an answer before i got up in the morning. <laughs> and mm-hmm. i got up in the morning with a whole new purpose and passion for life and that passion became my nonprofit organization called Tiger Lily Foundation. And we're now in our 13th year.
0: That's amazing. So We're going to come back and continue that conversation, Mema, but we are going to go to break right now. This is Ken Roshan on Amplified Voice America, and our sponsors are the Key Smiling Movement, Red Carpet Connection, and the Umbrella Syndicate. We'll be back in a couple minutes. All right, we are back. This is Ken Roshan with Voice America, and we are very excited to be with Gayla Bynum and Mema Carmo for the upcoming event, a celebration of life with We Will Survive Cancer. Mema, what was your reaction when uh, Gayla... Let you know that you were going to be the 10-year anniversary uh, recipient and celebration of life for the gala. Uh,
3: I, frankly, was um, I was um, I got teary-eyed. I'm very, very emotional. If you can't tell, I'm very, you know, I feel things very deeply, and I just believe in serendipity. And so I just thought how magical it was that time it passed in a way where I, you know, I met Gala, met Michelle honored Michelle and now they were honoring me. So I was just very, very overwhelmed in a wonderful way and very thankful. And Gayla, I just want to thank you for all you do. Um you really inspire me. You're just a pure spirit and um I'm so honored to be a part of this. I mean, I can't wait. <laughs> it's gonna wow. be amazing.
2: You're the perfect person for this year. I I couldn't be more happy. I uh, not there's no way, and and I'm so excited that uh, it's going to work out that Brad and Reed and and Christy now can can come be with us and help celebrate this. Uh, so yeah, it's wonderful.
0: Well, I know that uh, I have not personally been to all the galas, but last year we were able to. Uh, focus on getting these photos of people that cause smiles in the We Will Survive Cancer community. And certainly, with the multitude of events over five years, we have pretty good representation. But for those of you who have not had an opportunity to be part of this story or want to be part of this story, I want to make sure that we uh, let our audience know how they can share this. Uh, episode, how they can share it with friends that may be in D.C., Maryland, but certainly no matter where you are, this is going to be a very triumphant event, an event you want to be at, and we will be taking photos that will honor and celebrate this particular event, but also be used for publishing to continue to build the message and share the story of We Will Survive Cancer. So, Maima, if you'd like to share uh, the date, time, location, how people can get the unicorn ticket.
3: So I believe it's. Well, I know it's on May seventeenth at the Women's National Building Museum, right, Gayla? Yes. Uh-huh. And yes, and tickets are at. on. They're on your website, which is. What is the site again? I'm sorry.
2: W- www. Uh, WeWillSurviveCancer. Org. And uh, they're. Yeah. And the code, also code is good. Unic- right.
3: Right, and the code. My special code is unicorn. Because I am a unicorn. So if you guys put that code in, you'll get a half price off your ticket price. Nice.
0: And of course if they don't want to put the code in, they're making a bigger donation, donation to, to cancer. You. Yes. Exactly. And I did neglect to ask this question to uh Gala. so I'm gonna ask Gaylab first and we're kind of starting a hybrid rapid fire early because there's some questions that really apply to both of you. So one question, Gail, i alluded to having Frank Shankwitz, and I don't know, but it's something like 45,000 wishes just because of a man coming up with this idea. And so would you share how Wheel Will Swipe Cancer works from the standpoint of the monies that you're collecting, how they're utilized to help, and how many people they have helped?
2: Um. We've probably helped over four or 4, 5,000 people in the last uh, 10 years. Um, the monies are used, uh, you know, depending on how much funding we have. We've, we've rescued people from being evicted from their homes. We've turned electricity back on. One young lady had uh, her electricity off for eight months, and she was in advanced cancer Uh we found out about it through one of the organizations, the other organizations we work with, and got her electricity turned on. She did pass away the, the Friday before Christmas, but we were able to uh, find, you know, make sure that her family, her, her children and her mother, had presents that year, and um, they had a special celebration in her hospital room, and then she did pass away. She told her mother that, that she could go in peace knowing that her children were taken care of that year. So we have, uh, you know, the stories of uh, different things, you know, that uh, different things that people don't have. Uh, We work with Life with Cancer. We work with Howard University Cancer Center, with the National Breast Cancer Center, Virginia Oncology. We're trying to work with Lombardi now this coming year, and we were spread into Texas uh, for the last three years. Um, my daughter-in-law, Christine Ingram, is uh, took on uh, families in the last couple of years in um, Austin. And as you know, Macy's was involved with this this past year, which allowed us to gift a lot more people. And... Um, we try to give people experiences we've had pink parties for the children we're taking them to uh nationals uh game in june um, you know and of course can everything depends on how much money you have and we no one no one on our board is paid we're all volunteers we all have jobs we all work 9 to 5 or 24 hours and in my case i work on from 9 to 5 which <laughs> at the Department of Housing and Urban Development. And the rest of the time I work uh, on We Will Survive Cancer. So we're busy.
0: Well, that's what I love about your schedule, Gayla. I can be, it can be 2 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. I just have to reach out to you and you go, yes, I'm right here. Tell me what you need.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky. I don't require a lot of sleep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. And Mema, the same question to you. Talk about the uh, the impact, Tiger Lily, and you have had, on the fight with cancer.
3: You know, when I think about it it seems pretty you know, it's I even I get overwhelmed. I mean I think people don't realize the power of their voice and believing in something and standing up for it. I began Tiger Lily when I was in treatment. So I was literally in chemotherapy. My daughter was um she just turned three and I worked doing government contracting and I just thought I used to be a nine to fiver. I mean of course I work extra hours here and there many times, but I didn't know that I could change the world of breast cancer in the way I've done for young women. But once I got that fire in me to create something that would be able to help young women and their families and caregivers, begin talking about it. So, like, literally, you know, it began with me writing a blog, and then the blog grew, and someone asked me to come to a church and speak, and then someone saw me speak at the church and asked me to go to a health fair and another um, hospital event, and then someone said, can you come on that, on um?" on uh, the evening news, and that led to, you know, other news stations and magazines and national TV and things like Oprah, things like Oprah. So, you know, mm-hmm. I and it, I was terrified because I didn't feel like I was a breast cancer expert. I didn't feel like I knew what the doctors knew or the researchers knew and scientists knew. I didn't feel like I ha- had the experience to speak on the things that people who were smarter than me, quote-unquote, were speaking about. But in essence, I was wrong because I was an expert. I was living with breast cancer. And I could speak for young women, and women of color and those facing disparities and those who needed a voice, who were afraid. And so what began is something that with, I literally had no funding. I was working and in treatment. Um, I began funding it with my own personal money. And um, so one of my friends said, why are you sending people money when you're in treatment? <laughs> and I said, well, they need it you know, more than I do. And um, I kept creating these programs and funding them myself, and then um, someone told me to start a nonprofit. And I thought, I can't. How do I do that? But I literally just kind of built a plane while I was flying it. You know, I just kept doing things that my heart propelled me to do and that God would tell me to do. And as I as I kept doing, people would support, whether it's you know through events and we'd have our own events and get sponsors. But I mean, it's not been easy. It's been a labor. Of, of love, of in love, in passion. Um, it's been a lot of work, but, um, people's lives are worth it. You know, I see a lot of young women that we get that literally they're dying because they were told too late they had breast cancer. Or they, they didn't know to check in, you know, on a regular basis. Or they were denied screening. Or they went to see a doctor and the doctor said, you're too young to have breast cancer. So for me, if my work, if my voice can save one person, and the next person, the next person, it's worth it. And you know, as I spoke up about things that were wrong or that had to be fixed, people who were notable recognized that those things were actually needing to be fixed. And so, getting involved in in on um, Capitol Hill and, and 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 passing you know laws in Congress, working to pass laws and working on, on national campaigns were things that I got involved in that I had no idea I could I could do. So I'm really proud of where we are. I have a great team. Um, I have a strong support system. My daughter is my biggest supporter and fan <laughs> because being a single parent, and um, I, worked for a full, for, I worked full-time for a long time, and I always have had other work. So it's never just been just me running the, the nonprofit. I've had, you know, other things I'm doing and being a single mother. But it's just so rewarding to see that people are getting educated, getting support systems, and getting empowered through breast cancer.
0: Well, I know we're getting kind of close to the end of this segment, and I want to make sure we ask a couple of our rapid-fire questions, but we'll add one to it. So uh, what would you advise people to do to take care of themselves to make sure that they are living a life of high wellness, high vitality? And we'll start with that one. Talking to Mema? Me? Uh, We'll go with Mema first and then go (laughs) ahead.
3: I think it's really important to have a life toolkit, and first, all, I tell my friends and clients that I want to always feel good. So once you feel good, then go where that go towards that feeling.
0: Okay, hey, Kayla. Um, my uh,
2: my advice to anybody is that you, that you have, somehow or other you've got to get, gather the strength to have a warrior spirit. You have to take care of yourself, certainly, by eating the right foods and exercising and doing all those things. But you have to believe that uh, you're going to be okay. Never give up. Never give in. Just keep on. And, you know, we all struggle. And as I said, I've never had cancer, but I've certainly had my struggles. And, and, And for We Will Survive Cancer, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I keep wondering sometimes, you know, dear God, why do you, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but it's because <laughs> of all the reasons that Mama said that something happens and it's like, no, you cannot give this up. And um, it, I mean, it, the struggle is unbelievable. Yep.
0: Okay, and then uh, you had mentioned your support team, uh, Mema, and also Gala. If you'd like to give a shout out to a couple of the people that have really made your, your foundation grow and have sacrificed, go for it.
3: I want to I thank um, Kristen Lecker, who's my operations director. I want to thank Tanya Kulikan, who's my program manager, and my, uh, my whole team, um, Lisa Nichols. I want to thank Ray Bridgewater, who's been on my board for many, many years. Um, Carol Barb is amazing. And to all those who I didn't thank, you guys are amazing. I love you. Thanks for being there for Tiger Lily and for me.
0: Okay. And, Gail, uh again, I know there's so many people that have helped both your organizations, so if you'd I, highlight some.
2: Unbelievable, uh, really yes. Yeah, so Greg Davis, uh, Kimberly Warfield, Lisa Spoden, um, uh, Ginger Voyager, who, uh who is one of my best friends from the beginning of time that I was in Washington, D.C., and actually, got our 501c3 designation. <clears throat> she and her husband have been uh, unbelievable friends to me in support you know, of everything that we've ever done. Um, but you know, the, the founding members of, uh, of We Will Survive Cancer are indispensable, uh, especially Lisa and especially Kimberly Warfield. Uh Robert Ragland was one of our uh, founding members. And um, so it's, uh, you know, just the support team. We don't have any people that actually work for us. We just do our own thing. And um, oh, one of these days, I I hope we get to the point that we can actually hire somebody.
0: Well, what I want to do is segue that to a part two for you, Gala. where well, you would start mm-hmm. off with, uh, obviously, Mema and Stephen as Uh, amazing recipients of Celebration of Life. If you'd like to do a quick, like, one or two-minute shout-out to some of the other recipients, by all means, do so. Okay,
2: well, uh, Greg Babcock was um, our first Celebration of Life honoree, and um, he that was in 2014. uh, Terrain Lynch, who just became uh, the second runner-up for Miss D.C., Terrain founded uh, Enchanting Lynch and, and, I mean, Ench- Enchanting Women and was, um, near death with her, um, but she refused to ever give up and, uh, came back and, pr- and same thing, promised God that she was going to do whatever it took. Ginger Voyage, um, was, when we founded We Will Survive Cancer, did not have cancer. But uh, in the process of uh several couple of years into it did uh you know contact contracted cancer, and hers was like, "Okay, we'll cry once, but we'll never cry again and uh she's a true warrior in every sense of the word of everything that I've ever known i mean i've I've known her since the early eighties. Cher Matthews was our, uh, our honoree in 2017, and then, of course, Stephen in 2018. So they're all, all, right. they're all amazing.
0: And, Mama, we're going to have you answer this from a standpoint that there have certainly been some people you've helped, but that probably either inspired you or um, inspired others, and you weren't in awe of them. So take a, take a minute to share some of the people that have inspired you in their fight with cancer.
3: Um, There's so many of them. There's my friend, Beth Codwell, who's passed on now. Um, There's Carla. There's Marielle. Um, There's so many women that I feel like are not just, not only here, but there's some who are here who are giving so much of their time to cancer um, legacy. There's my friend, Christine. There's Julia. um, uh, My dear friend, Debbie Lawson and Schultz, who fights for women all over the country living with breast cancer, creating um advocating for them through legislation and, and, and policy work. Um Robin Roberts, I thank Oprah for having me on her show multiple times and for being a big supporter of Tiger Lily. Um I thank my my mom for being um for giving me the foundation for um my own self belief and confidence in myself. Um I think a lot of mothers don't understand the power they have to not just raise their kids but to teach them how to save their lives in in a sense. My mom did that for me. She gave me life and she saved my life. And so, I thank all the moms out there who are supporting their daughters before, during, and after breast cancer. Um, I think the children as well. I think we forget sometimes that as parents go through breast cancer, the kids are they're watching and they're not getting that attention and support. So, I want to thank all the kids who are there for their moms and who are going through breast cancer. And last but not least, the caregivers who take care of these women as they're navigating this really challenging journey.
0: Well, thank you. And I don't normally do this, but Andrea Adams-Miller with the Red Carpet Connection, she helped put this show together and has been a, a real advocate for people like yourself. So I'd like to give her an opportunity to give a shout-out to someone that means a lot to her that uh, lost the fight to cancer. Andrea?
1: Uh, well, thank you. Um the loss would be uh, my mother-in-law, Phyllis Shankster-Miller, who died Uh, complications from breast cancer, and then um, I want to give a shout out to my mother, uh, Lynn Benavides, who's a survivor, two times, and to Kathy Hinton, who's uh, one of my best friends, who's also a survivor. So thank you very much.
0: You're welcome, and you can actually spin that around because Rapid Fire is officially starting. You can ask the first question, Andrea.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, so, uh, you know, you've both gone through some challenges with, you know, creating things. So what is it that you do, or is there a song or a mantra or a routine that you do to overcome, you know, the challenges that face you?
0: And and very brief, please.
2: Well, I my – <laughs> um, go ahead, go ahead. No, me. I can't talk briefly. Go, go ahead. You go first. <laughs> Okay. Well, my favorite quote was uh, actually coined by Michelle: "Eat life with a big spoon." And uh, her second one was, "Don't waste my cancer," which that's our award. And as you can understand, that Mema definitely has not wasted her cancer. Uh, the thing that keeps me going is the the, the m- mantra: "Never give up, never give on, g- never give in. Keep on keeping on."
0: Okay, and Mema, go ahead.
2: I think the quote I love the best is by Miriam
3: Wright Edelman and it says, service is the rent you pay for a living. Um, I read it years ago and I just love it because I think that um, paying my rent is what I do for a living and I love it. So that's my quote. Um What's the other question? Was there, was there another question there?
0: Well, no, there's only one question. I think Andrea okay, got, got overzealous with uh, giving you a triple part question. <laughs> she gave
3: us like five so. things.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was thinking when she said that, I said, my gosh, that's five questions, and how are they going to know which one to answer so quickly? So we're going <laughs> to uh, go to very direct questions right now. So I would like to ask Gayla first and then Mema, um, a book or two that changed your life and perhaps one that is uh, recommended reading. Who I know it. Uh, don't waste my cancer would be one of them, but uh recommended reading for someone in a in a challenge like cancer. Mama, I mean, sorry, well, this
2: book has is not uh not like that. Um, the Third Terrorist was written by Jaina Davis and it tells about the real story of the Oklahoma City bombing of nineteen ninety five and this was long before my mother uh my mother was still living at the time and experienced that. Entire uh, episode in Oklahoma City, and it changed our lives completely.
0: Okay, and Mema,
2: um, the diary of Diary of Anne Frank was a
3: book that really changed my life because I remember reading it when I was much younger. About Anne Frank and how, you know, they were literally on the verge of being killed. They were in this attic, and somehow she found the wherewithal and to believe in in something bigger than the war and to to hope and create this whole other world while hiding in the attic. And she really inspired me to believe in people and their goodness um, and to believe that no matter how, how glum things look, you can create your own magic even in, the, in that space. And so when I came to the States, when my dad sent me over here, I brought that book with me, and I still have it. And, and no matter what I go through, I always try to find something magical and beautiful in where I am, and, and try to use that to help other people. So that book has been with me for, gosh, for a long time, and it's really changed the course of my life, and it always inspires me.
0: Awesome. Okay, and quick question, quick answer. Andrea, to Gayla first.
1: Uh, Gayla, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a very famous actress
2: and singer on Broadway. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's what I studied
0: in mm. school. MAMA? Mema?
2: I really wanted to be myself. I
3: mean, I didn't want to be anybody else or be anything. I, I really just wanted to serve others and I wanted to um, live a life of, of joy and self-expression. So I didn't really have a thing I wanted to be, honestly. And so I think when the war happened, it was unfortunate, but it gave me a chance to explore life. Uh, my parents always said, just be who you want to be. So I didn't have the pressure of you have to be this. Um, it was always about, less about being something and more about being me and expressing my gifts and talents. And so um, I like that I didn't know because it gave me the opportunity to really discover and be open to, to synchronicity and God and the universe kind of, you know, showing me the way.
0: Well, we never have enough time to go as deep as we'd like and all the questions and wisdom, but we're going to finish up strong with, first of all, Mema, if you'd talk about how people can connect with you and how they can learn more about Tiger Lily.
3: Yeah, so um, my website is com, and it has links to my the Tiger Lily Foundation. It has links to my coaching work and my books. Um, they can find me on Twitter at Surprise Surprise nema, on Instagram wow. at MAMA. Yeah, <laughs> on um, Instagram at Mayma Carmo, and on Facebook at nema Carmo Official. There you have it.
0: Now that is... That is some great branding there, young lady. I have to say I'm <laughs> proud.
3: Keep, they cannot, keep it they simple
0: can, and you, uh, you will grow. <laughs> they, they,
3: they, cannot, they cannot not find me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Gayla, how can people connect with you, um, We Will Survive Cancer, and again, share how they can get their ticket?
2: Okay. Uh, tickets can be bought through our website, which is www.wewillsurvivecancer.org. Or they can uh go to uh we will survive cancer facebook page uh under events uh, my facebook uh handle is gala binum and at uh on instagram it's gala or we will survive cancer so um that um uh I and mean, we have several uh, Twitters. I can't um, – Well, we don't, we, we don't have I time for the Twitters,
0: do. but we will, we will list them. We will list the okay. Twitters, I promise. So we, okay. uh, we are closing out the show, and I hope to see you there. Remember, when you have a, a code like unicorn, that means you're going to be meeting a lot of people that are unicorns. And unicorns, I will say – do my best job of saying this, on behalf of MEMA are people that are so unique and say that the world doesn't, they don't need to fit in the world. They're going to create a world they love. So MEMA, thank you for celebrating unicorns because they're my favorite kind of people as well. This is Ken Roshan on oh, Voice America. You. And thank you so much, Gala and Karma uh, MEMA for being on the show. You've been amplified and you guys are lead with love. Andrea, thank you so much and the Red Carpet Connection. And of course, the key smiling movement that keeps celebrating people that express love with a smile we hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of amplified be sure to join ken Roshan again next monday at 11 a.m eastern time and 8 a.m pacific time on the voice america influencers channel now go get your message heard